People of Note on Fine Music Radio is proudly brought to you each week at this time by Peter Turin Productions. Fine Music Radio, and this is Rodney Trudgeon welcoming you to the special edition of People of Note. I say special because my guest is the outgoing manager of Fine Music Radio, Mark Jennings, who for nearly 40 years has lived, worked, slept radio, both as an engineer, presenter, voice artist, producer, and manager. His career began as a sound engineer at the SABC way back in 1983, where he excelled. And with his warm personality and rich voice, he started presenting at KFM, where he was voted most popular weekend presenter by listeners in 1995. And then, in 1999, Mark was invited by Pick and Pay to start Fresh FM. And in addition, he provided, on a freelance basis, a satellite-based radio service to 900 Pick and Pay stores. And Mark joined Fine Music Radio as a volunteer in 2013, and then in 2015 he became our station manager. And during that time, Mark was solely responsible for introducing the live broadcasts of the symphony concerts from the Cape Town City Hall, which won us a radio award in 2019. So Mark, Mark Jennings, welcome. Welcome to People of Note. I can hardly say welcome to FMR, but welcome to People of Note. Thank you very much, Rodney. It seems so strange to it be is. the victim as such or the other side. of. A the lot microphone. of people that I interview say, do you know how difficult it is to choose music? And on once or twice where I've sat on that side, I really don't like it. So mm. good luck is what I'd like to wish you at the beginning. Yes. I remember when we made you the guest on People of Note That's and you were very apprehensive about it a couple of years ago. I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> But both of us have had very long careers in radio. Mine started in 76, so I'm slightly ahead of yours, and I think it was for my 40th. But the problem with this program is there's an element of poignancy and sadness about it because we are obviously very sorry to see you go. But, Mark, just tell me how it came about. Why are you going? Why are you emigrating to the United Kingdom? So it was an agonizing decision, as you know, yeah, um, yeah. to leave South Africa, Cape Town, and Fine Music Radio, which has been the best job of my life. It really has been so much fun these seven years. But my children have moved to the UK. My daughter lives in London. She's been there for over 10 years now. My son has moved to Plymouth. And also, I'm kind of completing... A circle. My parents came out to this country in the 50s, in their late 20s, to live here from Liverpool, and they swore that they would never go back. They hated the climate, and they just loved it here. Um, but in a sense, I'll be going back to Liverpool and completing the circle. Are you going to live in Liverpool when you get there? Yeah, a place called the Wirral, which is just next to Liverpool, um, in Cheshire, in fact, on the other side of the Mersey River. And I have lots of family in Wales and in Liverpool, and I can't wait to get closer Just to, to be there. Mm. And I suppose, look, there is an exciting element to it for you because it's a whole new venture. You've turned 60, and it's a whole new venture in your life at that stage. It absolutely which is. Which not many people would have the courage to do. My wife really wanted to go, and I was anti. And <laughs> we had a few fights about this. And, uh, and I said, I, I don't want to leave. And then she got me. She said, Mark, 
do you not want to have one last adventure in life? Ah. And I said, yes, I do. You've got me. So we're going to go and do different things. I'd like to listen to the Royal Liverpool Philharmonic Orchestra, oh, yes. tour Europe, travel across Europe, listening to classical music, and do different things. You know, when you announced that you were going, we were all sending you up saying, mm-hmm. how on earth are you going to deal with the weather? Because you're very much an outdoor person here, as we'll mm-hmm. discover as we go along with your lovely home at Marina de Gama and your yacht and all the rest of it. So what about living in a little place in the Wirral and with that weather? Mm. That was one of the factors that was of concern to me. But I have a lot of South African friends um, who live in the UK, a couple of them from Durban, warm climes, and from Cape Town as well. And they have said a number of times, Mark, of all the things you need to worry about the weather is not it because one can dress appropriately you can get out in the rain you can go for walks and this is what we we plan to do we plan to conquer the weather and you've got central heating which is a great help in that icy weather yes and in many ways the south african homes are colder than the uk homes because we don't have good insulation and double glazing in this country so we'll sit Mm -hmm. in front of the gas heater with our (laughs) jerseys on whereas in the uk one's toasty and warm and I just, hoped. And just continuing this um, talk about you leaving, are your children excited about you coming? Or are they thinking, oh, no, mom and dad are coming. That's the end of our freedom. Well, if we are to believe them, they are very excited. And it's going to be so good to live again in the same country as them mm-hmm. and see more of them. And when grandchildren come along, hopefully sooner rather than later, we'll at least be uh, in the same continent. And, Mark, what about things like a job? Or are you so enormously wealthy that you no longer need to work? No, I will need to work, and I want to work. And you've got a British passport, haven't you? I do, through my parents. I was born here in Fishhook in Cape Town. But because my parents are British, I have a British passport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And strangely enough, I haven't lined up a job. But I just know that there are so many job opportunities in the UK. There are more job offers than takers at the moment. And uh, we'll really, just is that go so? along and yeah. see where the wind blows us. Because as we will discover, and as we have discovered, you've been in radio all your life, but you've also mm-hmm. had retail experience at pick and pay. So, I mean, even if you, I'm sure you'd love to get in radio there, but of course it's difficult. But you might be able to get into retail there or something just to getting some pennies. Yes, I absolutely could. I could do anything, and I don't mind what I do. Mm. I'll go and pack shelves. As long uh, as you're in happy. Tesco, as long as one is happy. Chester is a city just below where we'll be living on the world, and the other day they were advertising for PR and marketing people. Imagine working for a zoo. It would be so much fun. So who knows? And I think that phrase, luck favors the bold, applies, and just go and do something different. Gosh, there's a very positive sounding Mark Jennings, who's my guest. <laughs> Self-hypnosis. Okay. Now, listen, I'm interested to know, Mark, with your love of all sorts of music and being here at Fine Music Radio, what you've chosen. What is your first piece of music? So this, I think, is one of the most beautiful pieces of music I've ever heard. And every time I listen to it, I'm moved. And it's Beethoven's Piano Concerto Number no. 5, the Emperor Concerto. And humans are capable of such terrible things do horrible things to each other. We can just see the news, the current news of what is happening in the world. There's some ghastly things that happen. And yet you have this incredible beauty 
And I often think when I listen to this, how could one man, Beethoven, have so much talent? And you wonder, and maybe this is a conversation for another program, if the universe somehow isn't channeled through him, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But anyway, just listen to the incredible beauty and just know that with all the terrible things that happen and the ghastly things that humans can do to each other, we can also create this beauty. And this is the Adagio movement of Beethoven's Piano Concerto Number 5.
Well, sadly, we have to leave that beautiful music. The Adagio, the second movement of the Piano Concerto No. 5 by Beethoven. That recording featured Andra Schiff with a Staatskapelle Dresden conducted by Bernard Heitink. And it was the first choice of my guest on this week's rather special edition of People of Note because I'm interviewing the outgoing manager of Fine Music Radio, Mark Jennings, who's leaving, as you heard, to go and live with his family in the UK. But, Mark, you know, one of the things I really want to know about you, and I'm amazed we haven't spoken about this in all the years you've been here, mm. lecturing us and bullying us. <laughs> no, I'm joking, absolutely. <laughs> it says here, and I read it, for nearly 40 years, Mark Jennings has lived, worked, and slept radio. Where did the love of radio come from? As a young child, I've always been fascinated by radio, and my parents had a lovely transistor radio, but a good one. Mm. Um, and it was able to pick up short wave and medium wave. And I would, as a four or five year old, tune across the channels and short wave and then pick up. Remember the anti-communist time then? This yes. In the early yes. mid 60s. And I'd listen to Radio Moscow and think, oh, can these communists be so bad? Because these lovely voices, <laughs> I didn't understand what they were talking about, but I, I would listen to the BBC World Service um, and then radio plays as well, because this is pre-television time yes. in South Africa. And we used to listen to Lux Radio Theatre and the whole family would gather around the radio and, and be entertained. Mm. There was, um, on Springbok Radio, all these incredible dramas, The Deciding Factor, The Destined Hour. There was a program called The Creaking Door. Do you remember that? I remember that, that very The Creaking well. Door. It terrified. It was on a Friday night, I think. And it yes. And it didn't want to go to bed afterwards. People were so scared. Yes. And at the sound effect, it was, oh, The Creaking Door. Melodramatic. Right, yeah. But these ghost stories used to have me terrified and my mother got so cross she banned me from listening to these because I had these <laughs> night terrors but uh, radio is theater of the mind and you can take your listener anywhere in the world and beyond mm. um, in their imagination and that is the power of radio it's a special special medium did you go straight into radio from school no, I had a couple of years at university, um, not very successful ones, uh, I might add. Uh, I just wasn't ready for it. I just mm. I, I couldn't quite get the hang of the academic thing in university. Later on, I went and studied through UNISA, but uh, at that time, I just wasn't ready for it. So I went into the army, um, and there's a little story. Um, I had played, my mother was a piano teacher, and I'd played a little bit of piano, but a lot of recorder and clarinet. And in our basic training, this is 1980, um, we were asked, can anybody play a musical instrument? And I kind of said, can you play the clarinet? And they said, well, can you bring it? So I was in Ladysmith Natal, and I wrote home and asked my dad to send my clarinet. And then after basic training, we were about to do a route march in Spion Kop. We were about to march, I don't know, about 30, 40 kilometers. So we were all dreading this. And as we were about to start, a Land Rover, a little Land Rover came up and said, Jennings! Like, what? And my clarinet had arrived, and I had to go back and do an audition. Oh, right. So I was it able to... It saved you the walk. It did. I sat in the back of the Land Rover, waving and laughing at my friends who were about <laughs> to start this route march. Came back. There was my clarinet, and I played a few scales and arpeggios. Nothing serious, but um, it was enough. And then I joined the 
five South African infantry military band. And we had our full training uh, and then did a year in southwest Africa and Namibia yeah. in uh, the, the operational the, area. The awful time, wasn't it? Really? Mm. So you did go up there to the border? I did, yes. I yes, spent a year there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And didn't do you any damage by the looks of things? No, no. It was actually, look, we didn't believe in what was being done. We yes, were national servicemen. It was either that or go to jail. Yes. Um, but it was adventurous in a way. And I can remember listening to a military radio uh, on medium wave, listening to 5FM (laughs) in those days. And the news said, uh, there are no South African troops left in Angola. And we were saying, well, here we are. I remember (laughs) I've been told that story actually before Mm. by people who were on the border at that time, that Mm. they would hear reports there are no South African soldiers. And then did you come out of the army and then into radio? And then I went into radio. So that was a long story. But my mother, I didn't know what to do. And my mother said to me, you must join the SABC. So she put me in the car and drove me to Seapoint and just said, get out, go up those steps (laughs) to uh, the little broadcast house and ask for a job. And I was asked to do a few aptitude tests. And I got the job and started in 1982 as a sound engineer. Right. And it was an incredible time. Radio was still very strong in those days, Mm. um, even though TV had started. But it was a special, special time. I worked a lot on radio dramas, in fact. Uh, Andre Botmer, one of the best drama producers I can imagine. Sadly, his peers and his bosses didn't really understand his work because it was it was really brilliant. Andre still listens to He is and he phones us uh, actually in chats to us. Brilliant radio producer and some of the plays that he produced and won awards for were just uh, were just amazing. And we must talk about some of the personalities as well. But first of all we're going to have another piece of music. Now Mahler, gosh Mark Gustav Mahler, Symphony Number no. Five. Well, you are involved in Mahler, the Symphony Number no. Five here. So we did an outside broadcast from the Hichulamprechts Music Auditorium, the South African National Youth Orchestra, and they broadcast Mahler Symphony Number no. Five. I went along, and you said to me, "This might be a little bit heavy for you. You might not enjoy it." How patronising of me! I'm sorry. <laughs> But I went and sat in the auditorium, and as you know, the seating goes right around the stage, and I sat just above the harp, and I was absolutely transfixed with this work. It's it's so special. It's got a little bit of everything, and I found out later that it was in a very happy time in Marla's life. He'd recovered his health. He'd been quite successful, and he'd been able to buy a holiday home in Austria. He went on holiday with his girlfriend, and she fell pregnant, became his wife. And it's just, it was a happy time. It was a great time. time, unusually for him. Yes. But then this is also very, very beautiful, the fourth movement, the Adagietto. Yeah. You know, this, they say, is a love letter to Alma, his wife. Mm. But many conductors take it so slowly that it actually sounds like a dirge. Mm. This recording you've chosen is by Sir Simon Rattle with the Berlin Philharmonic, and it was his first concert he did with the Berlin Philharmonic when he was appointed. So here's the Adagietto from Marla's Fifth Symphony.
well. There we leave the serenity of the Adagietto of the Symphony Number no. 5 by Gustav Mahler, that with the Berlin Philharmonic, conducted by Sir Simon Rattle. And the second choice of my guest here on People of Note, my boss, well, for the moment, Mark Jennings. And I've invited Mark because he's had such a fascinating life in radio and elsewhere, and he's going overseas to be with his family. So we're not that cross with you, oh. but we sort of cross. Um, <laughs> But, Mark, I said just you, you spoke of working on radio drama and all that. And those were the days, as you said, where radio drama was so important. Mm. And Cape Town, like Durban and Johannesburg, had a number of incredibly famous celebrities, actors, directors, announcers. And you probably would have worked with all of them. Does anyone stick out as a oh. either for, for better or for worse? Yes. Oh, there's so many. In the drama studio, I mentioned Andre Botmer. There was also Brian O'Shaughnessy. Yes, famously. Ralph Lawson did lots of radio plays with those directors, very talented actors and directors. Uh, Michael Mayer, do you remember? I the, do. He was such a great voice artist mm. and got to work with him on Jet Jungle. He was the... <laughs> oh, really? Jet, was he on that? He I've was, yes. That. He was the he was the hero for uh-huh. a while. And then programs like Microphone In, I think that has left a deep impression on me. That was Nigel Murphy, great radio journalist and presenter. And in fact, I think the inventor. Really. Of talk radio of in talk South radio Africa, in certainly. This country. It, Microphone In was. It's oh. acknowledged even by the talk radio people mm. that it was the uh, inventor of talk radio yeah. in this country. And Nigel did it. And we broadcast nationally from Seapoint, 9 o'clock on a Friday evening, and that was such an operation. In the studio next door, there'd be a team of about five uh, callers who would screen the messages, write down a little pressy, a summary of what the callers were talking about, take the little pieces of paper through to the producers, like John Orr, John Richards used to produce a few, Nigel in the studio. It was done properly. It was, and it was really interesting radio. So normally from 9 until 11, they would have the topic of the week, and then from 11 to 12, an open microphone. And by the way, after that, we all used to go out for supper and (laughs) drinks afterwards, and those were special, special times. Mm -hmm. But one program in particular, Microphone In, this must have been the mid to late 80s, and Dr. Domina Renshaw, she was a sexologist, (gasps) came out, yes, well, exactly, came out from America, and nobody spoke sex in South Africa at that time, let alone on the radio. And And on the English service. And on the English service. And callers went berserk (laughs) asking all kinds of questions. All sort of within the bounds of politeness-ish. Yes, no, very much so, but kind of no holds barred. And you realize that sexual health needs to be discussed. (laughs) And normally at 11, as I say, we would go to the open line, and they didn't. They just kept on the subject (laughs) until midnight. Anyway, that was one particular program, but there were so many. Mm -hmm. Microphone in was special. But then when did you – so you stayed as a controller for a while. When did you start presenting and getting involved in commercial radio? So I started doing voiceovers for – Radio Good Hope, just to kind of learn the trade, and then got into presenting on Radio Contrae as it was then when the radio airwaves started being opened up, and I started with Radio Contrae on weekends, 6 to 9 in the morning, then it became KFM, so I was on KFM from 9 till 12 Saturdays and Sundays, and then 
when KFM was sold off from the SABC, I was employee number seven. I was asked to leave the SABC and become part of KFM as studio manager. And I was responsible for looking after the broadcast infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So I immediately said, yes, I'd love to do it. Yeah. And then thought to myself, but I don't know what to do. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, now you had to leave the SABC. Yes. yes. So left the SABC, joined KFM went on a vertical learning curve and was responsible for building Longcliffe Studios. Um, and at that time, 95, was when Fine Music Radio was born. And Rashid Lombard was the first station manager. Leslie McKenzie was there, who I knew anyway from SABC that's days. Right, that's um, right. And so we watched across the way Fine Music Radio being born, and then we were building the new KFM outside of SABC. And did did you enjoy that aspect of the job? Because I associate, I mean, certainly here at uh, Fine Music Radio, you've been hands-on for a whole lot of things, technical, setting up tables and banners, broadcasting, being a voice person. Did you enjoy that aspect, the, the, the sort of technical aspect? I did very much. And I suppose in one sense, I'm a radio jack of all trades, mm. master of nine, hopefully. Of nine. <laughs> I yeah, I've always been interested in every aspect of radio. So from the technical side to being a controller, a sound engineer, mm. and PR, marketing, programming, uh, what the sound of a station should be. Latterly, since I joined music radio getting into radio sales as well because that's a very important thing a radio station has to have money in order to survive and the best way is to sell advertising although we're very lucky with fine music radio that we've got our listeners who contribute to our that's membership right. program that's and right. that I, I can't speak highly enough of how our listeners have saved our bacon mm. here at fmr they during really COVID. Uh, we've all been amazed haven't we mark yes at the incredible response from our listeners yeah in fact the revenue brought in from our listeners accounts for 25 percent of fmr's running costs so that's a huge amount mm-hmm. and it has meant the difference between us and ruin mm. I think thanks to the SCBC and the days where those sort of things were free, some people think radio is not that expensive, but it is incredibly expensive, isn't it, to run a radio station, to pay staff decent salaries, to pay transmitter fees, and to pay for the very expensive modern equipment. Yes, absolutely. It is so, so difficult. And it's not as if we pay exorbitant salaries. We don't at FM, not because we don't want to, but yes, because... Yes, I want to have a word with <laughs> you about that. <laughs> but, but, but because we can't. I know, I so, know. Mark, I yeah, know. and one has to work so hard in bringing in the revenue to pay for all these costs that you've just mentioned. But, you know... We are here as a service, and we have a very special relationship at Fine Music Radio with our listeners who, to a large degree, many people view Fine Music Radio as a rock to cling to. We are the oasis of peace. The world is falling apart in many mm. ways. If you just look at the news and everything's As going you to said pot. when we played the Beethoven, remember, <laughs> yes. there is mm. calm the chaos is an important little byline we yes. have. And here we have the incredible intellectual capital of the staff who who really get it. They they mm-hmm. all they want to do at this radio station is provide a service for the entertainment and benefit of listeners. And then these incredible volunteers, there's sixty, seventy, eighty of them, volunteers who just come in to 
pass on a bit of joy and optimism through this beautiful music to our listeners. It's very, very special. What we have is so special. Oh, dear. <laughs> anyway, Mark. Yes. <laughs> Bring on the violins. Your third piece of music is Schumann. So this is Robert Schumann, and this is a bit of a humorous one. When I applied for the job at Fine Music Radio in 2015, there was this imposing panel of board members who had interviewed those on the shortlist. And out of the blue came this question. If you were on a desert island and you had one piece of music to take with you, what would it be? So luckily this wasn't a difficult one for me to answer because in my car I was playing again and again. This is on repeat. I just love this piece of music. So I was playing it plenty of times. So I said Robert Schumann's Piano Concerto in A minor. And uh, I was told good answer. And I heard <laughs> later <laughs> that this board member had said, if anybody on the shortlist says Ravel's Bolero as the answer to this question, we'll terminate the interview then and <laughs> he or she won't get the job. Well, you so luckily, <laughs> thank you, Robert Schumann, you got me the job at Fine Music Radio. Here, a lovely <laughs> recording of the Schumann. It's the third movement with Leif Ove Ansnes and the Berlin Philharmonic and Maris Janssens.
Part of the third movement of the piano concerto by Robert Schumann, and there you heard Leif Ove Ansnes with the Berlin Philharmonic and Maris Janssens, and another choice of my guest, my manager here on Fine Music Radio, soon to be leaving us, colleague. Mark Jennings, colleague, okay, mm. colleague. Uh, Mark, in your life, radio we know is your greatest love, radio, voice work, production, all that stuff, but you've done so much else. For example. Yachting is a big thing, and you train people, don't you? And you've even been to St. Helena. Yes. Tell I, me a bit about your yachting. Where, where does that come from? So I joined the Sea Scouts, Cubs and Scouts, when I was a picky in Pishuk. And I just have so much admiration for the Scout movement. Um, and now they're boys and girls in Scouts, which is great. It was Boy Scouts then. Mm-hmm. But the leadership that was taught not just the leadership also the fact that you have to work in teams at times uh, was very important so it made an incredible impression on me so i've sailed dinghies since i was 11 years old and then went on to keelboat sailing and i love keelboat sailing and i managed the scouting movement uh, has a yacht called jml rotary scout a 36 foot 39 foot tosca and I ran that program for about 10 years, um, and we trained young people giving life skills through the medium of sailing. And the pinnacle for me was to co-skipper a yacht with six children on board, two adults, six children aged 14 to 18, and we took part in the Governor's Cup yacht race uh, sailing to St. Helena. It was an absolutely incredible experience that I will never ever forget <laughs> these cubs is there a constant need do they keep coming in for training I'm trying to say are there people who are interested in um, being a cub and getting into seafaring stuff yes yeah, scouting is luckily it's experiencing something of a renaissance at the moment I think so luckily mm-hmm. uh, there are a lot of people interested in it so you said the St. Helena trip was quite a thing, which it must have been. Do you remember it well? Is it a, a, an event in your life? I do. We had a fearful storm on the first two or three days leaving Cape Town. And we were given a course to steer for St. Helena. And we unfortunately <laughs> steered the wrong way. We didn't realize that it was a magnetic bearing and should have been a true bearing. So we steered 23 degrees west. 
but for the first eight hours or so from leaving Cape Town. But what we did before we realized our mistake was we sailed around the worst of the storm. So we sailed to the front <laughs> of the fleet, and actually we ended up doing very well in the race. But there was a time, day three, when there was a whole series of events that happened. We Our engine wouldn't start, so we weren't able to charge batteries. Much of our food had gone off, and we, our main water tank ran dry it leaked so that's serious it's very serious so the kids were sitting in the cockpit and very very scared and i said to myself mark you now have to settle everybody down and you better make it a good story and you've got about one second to work out what you're going to say and uh, we did the whole when life gives you lemons make lemonade speech and we said if we have to, we can bail from this race and sail to Luderitz in Namibia, mm-hmm. but we don't want to. Let's mm-hmm. push on. We've got emergency water supplies. We've got enough forward water tank. There's enough water to get us to St. Helena. We're just going to have to drink a bit less. And we're going to have to ration our meals, uh, which we did. And the spirit was so high on the boat, and we'd heard that we done so well, had sailed to the front of the fleet, and in fact we won the cruising class of the Good race. Grief. So oh, there's, you? there's a lesson in there for all of us mm-hmm. to Perseverance, to exactly. Yes, to, yes. And the children were okay. I mean, it must have been, let's face it, it must have been terrifying for them. It was a bit. Um, Out there in the middle of nowhere. Good no, grief. Absolutely. And you look at the chart and you realize that mm-hmm. the bottom of the ocean is 5,000 meters, 5 kilometers yes. below you, and you're in yes. this little tiny fiberglass 40-foot boat. But what a lovely thing to have done. And St. Helena is such a magic place. We've got FMR listeners You've been there, who have visited yes. St. Helena twice. Yeah. Mm. And then that is something surely you're going to miss when you – because you're still doing it here, aren't you? I am. But I'm hoping to join a yacht club uh, mm-hmm. when I get to the Wirral. There are about four or five yacht clubs, I believe, in the vicinity along the Mersey River and the coast. And let's hope I can sail right. in the UK. And you did all this while you were – engaged in this career of yours how did you manage to get into or why did you go into retail famously you joined pick and pay yes so i was asked to start the in-house radio station in the western cape and that was a big decision i was working in radio we wore short pants and a t-shirt to work and i'd have to wear a uniform and a name badge and i joined uh, pick and pay i decided to join pick and pay remarkable company it really i was working for them for 15 years we started out the radio station and then i moved into the public relations side for a number of years but oh it, they were very special times and working with the ackerman family as well they're a completely remarkable family and great supporters of fmr wendy ackerman is a huge supporter isn't she she is very much so of fine music radio but uh, education and south africa in general and i don't think many south africans have given away as much of their money as the ackerman family really to really. helping others you know. yeah and you also said, Mark, you've given it a lovely rosy thing. You said uh, retail is tough. It is. It's a very, very tough But challenging, and obviously you rose and mm. enjoyed it. Yes. I, yes, I did enjoy it. They would have made me retire at the age of 60. So at 55, when I was able to take early retirement, and I'd actually been to chat to Raymond Ackerman, Wendy Ackerman, Isaac Martone, Richard Brasher, to say, can you not keep? 
people on after the age of 60, and they said they couldn't. And with great respect to Mr. Ackerman, I admire him incredibly, but there was this man in his late 70s mm. <laughs> telling me that I had to leave. <laughs> At 60. At yeah. 60. But I do understand. That's how the business operates. But, so I was lucky and able to apply at the age of 55 for this job at FMR, which I've enjoyed so much. Yeah, and we've enjoyed having you here. Oh. Interesting what you said just now, it occurred to me, when you said about the Cub Scouts, learning about leadership and groups and working with people. And this has helped you clearly in your management roles in the various places you've taken, because everybody loves you as a manager. In fact, they probably love you too much. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you say there was someone at the SCBC who only worked, who thought he was only being successful if his staff were terrified of him. Yes, that old-fashioned management style. So my management style here is to lead from people's shoulders. I'll be there with you. Um, And to also just be the team leader, the facilitator, and let everybody else shine and just help people to shine. And when the group shines, then... It reflects backwards, and we all grow together. And we have. We have enormously. Mm. And, Mark, just before I let you go from this program, and thanks, by the way, for agreeing. I know you weren't mad because it seems sort of, um, I don't know, indulgent almost. I was really apprehensive about this, but the time (laughs) has just gone by so quickly. But we've had our new manager appointed now, Ian DeFoss, and I know that you're very happy about that. You feel we are being left in good hands, aren't you? And we all... Like Ion, I think, and I think he's going to be great. I absolutely agree, and it enables me to walk away. Well, well, I won't walk away, but to leave Mm -hmm. Fine Music Radio with a song in my heart because Ion DeFoss is a really great guy. And the more I have to do with him, and we're busy doing our handover at the moment, but the more I see of him, the more I see he's such a great guy. And he knows so many people. Being a personality on radio and television for many, many years, he knows so many people. So many people know him. And he's going to open many, many doors Mm -hmm. for the station. So I feel Eon is a great replacement. Nobody could ever replace me. No, of course I'm not, Mark. How just joking. Could we possibly think that. <laughs> no, Eon is going to be fantastic, and FMR yeah. will just continue to grow and provide such comfort and optimism and entertainment for so exactly. many listeners. And look how the listeners during the pandemic and the lockdowns have said how much this sort of music, whether it's classical or jazz, means to them. Yes. And the other thing is that Eon, of course, started Classic FM in Johannesburg all those yes. years ago and was manager there for two years. Mm-hmm. So he knows the world of classical music. He does. He knows broadcasting. And he's been a senior airline captain for That's right. 20 years. So. Mm-hmm. He has to be calm, otherwise he wouldn't have been in that job. Mark, so he'll I'm, be great. We'll, we all wish you the very best. It's sad that you're leaving, of course, but the mm. chapters in life aren't there and people move on. Yeah. And as your wife said, you can take on a new adventure now yes. and make the most of it Sure. before you're too frail. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, of course, the Internet makes the world a very small place, so I'll be able to listen to fine music radio uh, from the U.K. Oh, and, right. Um, okay. And then I'll send you emails and say, why are you doing that? (laughs) Yes, how dare you? (laughs) 
I'll refer them to Eon. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. And as I say, all the very best. It's been great working with you. It really Thank has. You. Thank you. It's been a special time. I will miss Fine Music Radio staff, volunteers, and listeners like mad, but wish the station well for the future. Thank you, Mark. And your last piece of music is by Michael Bublé. Yes. So we, as you've just said, we're a jazz and classical music station, so a little bit of jazz now. And I used to play this when I was a volunteer at Fine Music Radio coming to do the Friday breakfast show. So I would play this in the car on the way to the studio to try and sing along and kind of get <laughs> the sleepiness out of my voice. Um, but I think it's very apt, the title. Uh, it's Michael Bublé. And we have to believe in life that the best is yet to come. Thank you, Mark Jennings. Out of the tree of life, I just picked me a plum. You came along and everything started to hum. Still, it's a real good bet. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day or mine. The best is yet to come, come a day or mine Ah, come a day or mine I'm gonna teach you to fly We've only tasted the wine We're gonna drain that cup dry Wait till your charms are right for these arms to surround Before, but you ain't left the ground Wait till you're locked in my embrace Wait till I draw you near Wait till you see that sunshine place Ain't nothing like it here The best is yet to come And babe, won't it be fine The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Come the day you're mine I got plans for you, babe And baby, you're gonna fly People of Note on Fine Music Radio was proudly brought to you by Peter Turin Productions. FMR.